finding the greatest purpose brings the greatest life. Thank you for listening to the Cross Point Fellowship Podcast. This series is called Cross Point Fit. And that's what you got to look forward to all series long. So we might, we might, yeah. <laughs> we, I think we're going to have to post those on, on Facebook. Um, what is, what is, uh, uh, what is a mission that you've either accomplished or that you've set out to accomplish? Maybe it's something that you set out to accomplish this year. What is a mission that you have either accomplished or set out to accomplish? Go ahead, Courtney. I started Happy Feet Run. Happy Feet Run. All right. Very good. Very good. <laughs> it sounds like you didn't accomplish it, though. Why are you digging a hole? Like, where, where are you going? Like, go down. <laughs> down. That only ends bad, Jared. That only <laughs> what other? What other? What other missions have you accomplished or set out to accomplish? <laughs> what did you were you asked to you were asked to okay just some random person just decided to dig a hole in there y'all they, they needed to did you call the 1-800 number first dig right dig right no <laughs> just make sure you call that number because you never know what might be underneath that 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 grass there so uh, I, the, actually, the reason why I, I, I wore this, this actually represents uh, my mission that I've set out on uh, this, this past year. I, I applied to be this, this, this last year, uh, 2014, it was the de- de- decline. Uh, my mission, my mission this year uh, is, or in, in personal life, uh, is actually to uh, become what is called a national candidate referee. Uh, it's another level of, of referee. Um, uh, none of you in here, my dad knows what I'm talking about. None of you in here have any idea what I'm talking about, uh, but but that's the next step to become a national referee. Ultimately, what, what what that is is that I could do any soccer match. I could referee any soccer match sub MLS, Major League Soccer, the full top division in uh, in in America. A uh, uh, hundred people uh, were accepted to become national candidates for this year uh, in the nation, and so what does that require? Well, it requires off-the-field training. I have to be fit. I have to be ready. I have to, I have to be able to run uh, six to eight miles during a game in, in order to keep up with um, adult semi-pro uh, uh, level uh, players. I have to have uh, the on-the-field experience. I have to have the classroom training. I have to have assessments. I have to travel. I have to get there. I have to get to the games that aren't always right here in Southwest Missouri. This is all that's required to get there. And what? And, and for your missions, your missions, whether it's digging a hole or couch to 5K or or a marathon, half marathon, or if it's a if it's a a, 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 a military mission, there's training involved. There's training involved. You weren't ready for your mission when you started the mission. You weren't ready for it. And you had to, be, you had to train for it. This series, as we start on uh, Cross Point Fit, and, and, and this series is about training to advance God's kingdom. You're not ready for it. I'm not ready for it. 
We are not by nature ready to advance God's kingdom. We've got to be trained. But the awesome thing is, is that I'm not going to train you. We're going to eavesdrop in on a conversation Jesus had, him training his 12 disciples 2,000 years ago. The best leader who ever lived on the face of this earth trained 12 guys how to accomplish the mission that he was actually going to leave to them. And we get to eavesdrop on that conversation that Jesus had with his 12 disciples and hear how he trained his disciples. Those of you in leadership, those of you in leadership in any other realm of, of, of our society, of our culture, guess what? These, these steps, these things, these principles that Jesus used, you can use this in your context as well. We're not going to apply them there during the sermons and stuff. We're going to apply them to the context of advancing God's mission. But the principles that Jesus used applies to any context. And you can, you can use this and take this to your workplace. But we're going we're gonna to be trained by Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Now, the, the, the bulk of the teaching is actually Matthew chapter 10. But for you music people, we've got to have pickups to chapter 10. All right, we gotta, we got to get to chapter 10. And actually, chapter 9, this is what we're reading in chapter 9 into chapter 10 is actually a continuation, is a continuation uh, 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 of a thought. And so if we stop short, if we stop at the end of chapter 9, we won't get the full picture. But if we start at chapter 10, we won't get the full picture either. So Matthew 9, starting at verse 35, if you have a hardbound Bible, of course, follow along. We'll fill the scriptures up on the screen. We do have an event in the uh, Version app. We encourage you to download that in, uh, in your uh, smartphone or your tablet to be, able to, um, uh, to be able to have the Bible always with you to read. But Matthew 9, 35, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area. Now, what, what, what's that area? What's the area that we're talking about? Well, if you think back a series ago, before Kingdom Come, before our uh, Christmas series, but to the miracle series, the series we were talking about the miracles of Jesus, Matthew chapter 9 and Mark chapter 5 are essentially the same chapters talking about the same stories. And Mark chapter 5 is where we ended that series. So this is really a pickup from the series we did with the miracle series. So Mark chapter, or Mark chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 9, they're, they're different with miracles. Is Jesus calming the storm? Is Jesus uh, uh, getting rid of the legion of demons out of the guy into the 2,000 pigs? Is Jesus having Jairus come up to him and say, my daughter is sick, come heal him. Is Jesus walking along and the lady touching his robe and, and him stopping and, and, and she is healed and, and then the, the, the Jairus' daughter is, is, is now dead and Jesus healing Jairus' daughter. This is where we're, we're, we're picking up to the story. So Jesus is in the area of Capernaum, his home base of operations while he was an adult. And what he's doing is he's teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he was teaching and he was healing. And, and crowds were coming to him. May even say the crowds were streaming to him. And non-fans were streaming to him. He 
when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And I don't know, it's not recorded, but this is my own little creative biblical imagination here. Maybe his disciples, maybe Peter, maybe Peter was thinking, maybe he even mumbled underneath his breath, well, if you want to get rid of the crowd, stop doing miracles. That's why they're coming to you. But see, Jesus is trying to do something. Jesus is trying to train his disciples for the mission. And the first thing that we need when we go on mission, the first thing that we have to have when we go on mission is that we've got to feel the need. We've got to feel the need to go on mission. You've got to feel the need to go from couch to 5K. You certainly, you certainly, maybe you can go through the motions of going through a 5K, but you certainly got to feel the need if you're going to do a half marathon or a full marathon. You ain't just going to go do that. Like, da-da-da-da-da. None of us, anyway. I've never felt that need to go run a half marathon. Never felt that. And I don't anticipate ever feeling that need. I, I, I saw a sticker lately that said 0.0. That's the sticker that I need on my car. You had to feel the need to sign up for the military. You had to feel the need if, if, if you're going to win a state championship. You had to feel the need. If you wanted to start a business or start a nonprofit, you got to feel the need. See, feeling is vital. That's how we get started. And, 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 and Jesus felt the need. But maybe you're saying, hold on a second. We just read that. I didn't read, I didn't read any, any feeling in there. Well, see, our English language is actually probably the worst language that was ever created on the face of this earth. Words are just words. The New Testament was written in, in Greek, and actually words were more word pictures. There's a picture behind most of the words. And actually, many of the languages on the face of this earth, that's how they roll, is, is word pictures instead of just words. And when it says that Jesus had compassion on the crowds, that word is a feeling word. In fact, the idea behind that word, the idea behind Jesus having compassion on the crowd is that he, he actually had a movement in his gut. He had a movement in his bowels. That was, that was their picture of love and compassion. It was a movement in the bowels. And yes, that, that applied to romantic love too. Like, I don't know what they did back then. I don't know if it was just like, hey, baby, I had a bowel movement for you this morning. Like, when you walked in the room, I said, man, my bowel is just... Single fellas, don't try this at home, all right? Don't go and be like, hey, baby, my bowel for you. Like, after you get slapped, do not, like my pastor said, like, do not drag me into this. I did not say. I tried to warn you. But this is what the word is. In their gut was wrenched. I guess a better way to say it maybe is that they were punched in the gut. Or we use the heart now instead of the bowels. 
you know, a shot to the heart. Yeah, 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 yeah you know, to go along with, with our, our theme, you know. Where we saw that, that story on the news or whatnot, and, you know, it, it wrenched my heart. It's the same idea. This was a feeling word that, that Jesus in his very gut was, was wrenched over the condition of the people. And, and, and what was the condition of the people? Well, they were confused. But, but what this word, the word picture of this word is like you take a bow or a guitar string that, that, it, that, that when it has the right tension, the guitar strings, when all six of them have the right tension, you play a chord and you hear a harmony. It has purpose. It is, t- it is tight. But when you start loosening the chords or when you start loosening the strings and you play, it's blah. This is the idea of how these people were. They were they're just blah. And Jesus had compassion over that. He was wrenched to, the, to, to, to his gut that the, the, the people were just blah. And then, and then they, they were worn out. They were worn out. The idea behind that is that they were like a piece of paper, wadded up and thrown out like trash. That these people, that these people that he was watching, that he was looking at, that he was seeing, they were blah, and just thrown out like trash. Why? Because they were oppressed. They were oppressed governmentally. Rome. It was Roman peace simply because they, they, they tortured and killed enough people that nobody was going to do anything. People in that time period had seen enough, enough, uh, enough guys die on a cross that they weren't going to try anything. But even more than that, really what Jesus was, had in his mind was that they had religious oppression as well. The religious leaders. The religious leader had so many rules trying to help God and, 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 and God will like you if you do all these rules and God will have favor on you if you do all these rules and, and if you do this and this and this, we'll like you and we'll accept you to be a part of our club. And it was oppressive to people and people were like, I'm just not going to do that. And they were blah and thrown out like trash. And then Jesus showed up bringing peace and, and, and faith and love and joy and hope. And people streamed to him. Non-fans streamed to him. Why? Because all of that gives life. And when the kingdom comes close, which, what, which is what Jesus was doing, when the kingdom comes, comes close, it gives life. And hope and faith and peace and love and joy gives life. And life so much that people that are blah and thrown out to the trash, they stream. They stream. They want to know more about it. And Jesus had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. They were, they, were, they were people in need of a leader that didn't have a leader. And the people that were leading them were leading them to, to, to destruction not to life. And he had compassion. He was wrenched to the gut for them. He was moved in the bowels for them. And he wanted his disciples to feel the same thing. The same exact thing that he felt. But the disciples (laughs) had a little bit of a hard time feeling that way. See, when the crowds showed up and they stayed so long that they were hungry, 5,000 men and 4,000 men, Jesus was like, hey, how are we going to feed them? 
He had compassion on them. How are we going to feed them? So I was like, I don't know. Send them away. Let them get food. Sounds good to me. I'm going to punch you in the gut. Like, yeah. And then, and, then, and then when kids wanted to come up to Jesus, the disciples were like, go away, kids. No, he doesn't have time for you. Jesus is like, let the little children come to me. Kingdom of God is like little children. I need you to feel this in the gut. I'm going to punch you in the gut. Then in crunch time, then in crunch time, the last week, the last week, the, the disciples were trying to keep people that needed a healing away. And Jesus was like, let them come to me. He even said, at one point in time, how long do I have to be with you people? Kind of moment of humanness there coming up for Jesus, right? Because we've never said that before, have we? And they, were, they weren't getting, they weren't feeling it. They weren't feeling what Jesus felt. It took three years of being with Jesus, then the Holy Spirit, for them to feel what Jesus felt. Then they got it in their gut. Not their head. But see, we got a danger. We here in Republic, Missouri, we have a danger. We have a danger of being more like the disciples than we do Jesus. See, let's don't paint ourselves behind Jesus here. Let's don't paint ourselves as somebody like Jesus that we, that we really feel the need, like Jesus felt the need, because we live in Republic, Missouri, suburbia, Bible Belt, America, where we're like, everybody goes to church. What's the need? I did some research this week. In Greene County, in Greene County, According to surveys, people that would check a box, in Greene County, we're, we're 35% evangelical. You're like, wait a minute, only people that are evangelical are saved? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that between those who say I am evangelical because they went to a Baptist church of somewhere or an Assemblies of God a church somewhere at some point in time, or I live in America, so therefore that makes me evangelical, and those that are outside of the evangelical denominations but are saved, those are going to average together to be about 35% of the population. What does that mean for Republic? We have about 15,000 people. You can Google this. I did. Republic, if, 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 if 35% are evangelical or are saved, if we use that as our, as our baseline, that means 10,133 people are not saved, are non-fans. Some of those have a religious affiliation somewhere. So that's about 7,600 who have no, no religious affiliation at all. Missiologists or people who study this thing for a living and get paid to do this are calling them the nuns. They have no religious affiliation at all, 7,600. So that is roughly... One out of every two people you encounter and I encounter in Republic, Missouri have zero religious affiliation at all. At all. Do we feel the need yet? In Greene County since 1980, the nuns 
have grown by 42,000 plus. Grown by 42,000 plus. We're, they're right now about 75,000. They're the largest growing religious affiliation in America and in Greene County. And since 2000, over half of that growth has occurred. 26,000 people, or 25% of the population, are nuns. Feel the need yet? Oh, but, but we're evangelicals. By name, by name, we're, we're evangelizing, right? We're in the Bible Belt. We're growing too. Evangelicals have subtracted 1,500 people since 2000. A net loss of about 28,000 people. In Greene County, the Bible Belt, 1,500 people. Church planting in Greene County isn't keeping up with population growth, let alone the population growth and the nun growth. Do we feel the need yet? Let's project this forward. If the same ratios occur forward for the next 15 years, year 2030, evangelicals will be 27% of Greene County's population. It doesn't take a math whiz to figure out that the nuns will grow from 25% to above 27% in 15 years. 150 years ago, a place that we spent uh, two and a half years in, the Northeast was the Bible Belt. Now on average, it's about 4% evangelical. 150 years ago. What's going to happen in 150 years right here? Do we feel the need yet? Those are just statistics. This is what this means. The things that destroy life will continue to grow. If the kingdom is not growing and life is not growing, then the things that destroy life will continue to grow. Springfield produces a report every two years. It did so in 2013, so therefore they're going to do it this year. Talking about the good and the bad of the Springfield metro area. Two of the bad in particular are poverty and teenage poverty and homelessness, and child abuse. 35% of our population consider themselves evangelical, and child abuse is a problem. Something doesn't jive there, does it? But if, if, if we continue to sit by and aren't punched in the gut about the, the, the culture in which we live, child abuse will continue to grow. Poverty will continue to grow. Embezzlement will continue to grow. Debt will continue to grow. Foreclosure will continue to grow. 
Porn addiction will continue to grow. Strip clubs might grow faster than the church. Prostitution will continue to grow. Teenage pregnancy will continue to grow. Divorce will continue to grow. Single parenting will continue to grow. Everything that destroys life as we know it, capital L, life, will continue to grow. Everything that isn't peace, everything that isn't joy, everything that isn't faith, everything that isn't hope, everything that isn't love, no matter what he says it is, that will continue to grow. Do we feel the need yet? But here's the danger. Because so many of us have been around church for so long, probably, maybe, your next anticipation of where I'm headed is, we got to tell them how bad they are. Absolutely not. See, that's the problem. That's why so many are becoming nuns. Not N-U-N. N-O-N. Because they're tired of us telling them how bad they are. So do we feel punched in the gut not to take up bullhorns and picket signs or PA equipment down on the square? Do we, are we punched in the gut enough instead to have pity with action because we have compassion on the way people are destroying their own lives? Or are we just content? on just being a church that meets on Sunday and be good with that. Because if we are, then we don't need another church. We don't need another one. And look, I need to be punched in the gut too. Life happens, right? We, we go into our routines and, and we, just, we just get into our routines and we get into our life and, 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 and we, don't, we don't feel what Jesus feels about people. And people are good at hiding the destruction that, that's happening in their life and how they're getting eaten away. And we don't see it. And so we, we, just, we just go about our life not feeling the same thing that Jesus felt. And not being punched in the gut and wrenched in the gut. I do say we need more bowel movements for Jesus. Put that on Facebook, please. I want people to ask you what on earth you mean by that. Because the conversation needs to happen. That we need people to have more bowel movements for Jesus. We need people that are more punched in the gut and more wrenched over the condition of, of, of people's souls, me included. Because we will never go on mission if we don't feel the need. Never. And Jesus wants us to feel the need. And you know what? You know what? You know what I hope happens? I hope every single one of us feel overwhelmed by the need. Just looking at Republic and we go, how on earth can we do this? Because this is what Jesus wanted the disciples to, 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 to get into their thick skulls. He wanted them to be overwhelmed by the need. How do I know that? What did he tell them? 
The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask Him to send more workers into the fields. See, the second thing we need to accomplish a mission is someone who, who can help us. Some of you, to go couch to 2K, you got the app for that, right? Maybe to do a marathon or a half marathon, you actually got somebody to train you. Jack's available. He can coach you. I mean, yes. Side job, I mean, it would be great. It would be awesome. To win a state championship, you needed a coach. To accomplish military action, you needed a drill sergeant first and then other sergeants and lieutenants and captains that have been there, done that, got that t-shirt so that you can then get help from them to accomplish the mission you want to accomplish. And, 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 And the mission of advancing God's kingdom is no different. See, but the great thing is, the great thing is, is that we're talking about, we're talking about other people here in, 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 in these missions. The great thing is that what did Jesus just say? The one who is going to help is God himself. Is God himself. He's like, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into, I caught this this morning. I didn't catch this until this morning. Into whose fields? His fields. Republic isn't our mission field. See, we say that a lot in church, our mission field. It's actually not our mission field. See, we get possessive. We, we, we hike our leg on our own territory. No other church can get in, in on it. If it's our field. But it's God's field. Your workplace, it's God's field. Your neighborhood, it's God's field. Your school, it's God's field. This world, it's God's field. Not ours. It's God's. What Jesus is saying, saying he wants you to feel it. He wants you to be overwhelmed by it but he wants you to be overwhelmed that you go right into the lap of your daddy Lord to go, I can't do this. See that, that word pray? That word pray, again, again, it doesn't do it justice. See, there's two words in the Greek, at least two words in the Greek that's used for pray. One is the factual pray that's used when it says that Jesus went up the mountain to pray. Or when Jesus said, I want you to pray like this. That was the factual pray. This pray actually really isn't pray. It's beg. You, ha- you feel such a need that you are begging for it. In fact, it's the same word used many times when, when, when people who need a miracle come up and beg to Jesus to do a miracle. It's the same word. So the picture here is, is that Jesus is telling us, crawl up into the lap of your daddy, Lord, and say, please, 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 please do something. Because if you don't, I can't. If you don't, we can't. Please, 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 please do something. And probably actually more strong than that. 
that we've got tears running down our face because, because we want God to do something and we want, we, want, we want something to happen so strongly, but we know we can't because we're so overwhelmed by it that we are, have our tears pouring down our face when we come into our daddy Lord's lap to ask him to do something. I don't know about you, but that doesn't characterize my prayer time most of the time. It's business as usual. By the way, an interesting study would be to go and look at the times that Jesus told people to pray. It's actually not very much. The two times that I can specifically remember, the Lord's Prayer and here, it's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. Not our livers and our toes and all the stuff that we get into or that we want. It's about the kingdom first. And see, he wants us to pray for workers of the harvest because there's not enough people. If revival occurred in Republic alone, 7,600 people, if revival occurred in Republic alone, we wouldn't have the church space enough nor the workers enough to handle it. Jesus wants us to be overwhelmed. God cares way more about this than we do. He just wants, to feel a, wants us to feel a little bit of what he feels. He cares more, way more about people's souls than we do. How do I know that? He died on the cross for them. I didn't. You didn't. He cares way more about this than any of us do. He just wants us to catch a glimpse of it. And he wants us to trust him completely for it. We read this this week, Psalm 33, 16. The best equipped army can't save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory for all its strength. It cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. Here's what the writer is saying. The best strategy? Uh-uh. The best tactics? Nope. The best stuff? The best horses? The best artillery? Nope. It's the Lord. If you will hear and follow the Lord and trust Him completely, then, then He will give the victory. Now, that doesn't mean that He doesn't give strategy. That doesn't mean that He doesn't give tactics. That doesn't mean that He doesn't give stuff. That means that we don't rely on that to make it happen. That we're hearing and following Him and we are acting out of that. Look, revival can happen with a two-tone stage. Right? Right? Revival can happen with a two-tone stage. Now, we have plans on Saturday to fix this. But our focus need not to be on how do we fix a stage, how do we fix a building, how do we, how do we get better, how do we get... Our focus needs to be hearing and following the one that has all these solutions already taken care of. And then following him to do what he says to do. It will be speaking contextually to our people, to the people of Republic. But it's got to be out of a relationship with God. 
Because why do we do this? Not because we're commanded, although Jesus did command us. It's because we're compelled. We're compelled. We're compelled by the love of God, who first loved us, even though that we were sinners. And we're compelled by the love of people enough to go and do something about the fact that they're being lied to by the father of lies. And that their life is being destroyed by the one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That we have the unconditional love of God. And that we have the grace of God. And that we want people simply to experience those. My prayer this morning is that every one of us walk out of here punched in the gut. Me included. That we are wrenched in our gut over the fact that we've got so much work to do. And that we walk out of here as well hopeful because the one who wants us to do it owns a cattle on the thousand hills, is smarter than any of the rest of us combined, and has done the work to make it possible for people to find life. We don't have to do it alone. That God is our help. He sent us and he's helping us the entire time. Imagine this. We're averaging about uh, 60 adults and students. Actually, maybe more here this morning. Imagine this. Imagine Imagine 60 adults and students sold out to bringing the love of Christ to people because they're wrenched in the gut over it. Imagine that. And imagine 60 people who are so overwhelmed as well that they're praying, God, bring us more workers. Imagine just that. I believe that by the end of this year, we'll see 120 people sold out. Not because we made it a goal to have 120 sold out people, but simply that's what happens when God works. When God works. And we'll have new environments because we will have new demographics to reach. And we'll see a people sold out to a mission of God. Because they're compelled because their gut says so. Is that what we want for 2015? Is that what you want? Do you want more gut wrenching? You want more bowel movements for Jesus? You want more love and compassion for people who are far from him for non-fans? God will provide all of that and so much more for every single one of us. Myself included. Because this punched me in the gut as well. Because it's so easy to be business as usual. Especially in Republic, Missouri. And this series is about giving all of us opportunities through our mission partners, 
through roles inside of Crosspoint, but also what we're doing is we're giving you mission opportunities in our daily life. There's two jars back there at our opportunities table, one that's full of wadded up paper. And on every one of those wadded up paper is uh, a, a, a serve idea to do sometime this week. And we want you to pray over the serve idea and pray, God, you are the one that wants me to do this or something like this. Show me. Show me sometime this week. And that we're training ourselves to think in this way. And then try and, when you complete it, think about it, try and bring it back. I know it's a wadded up piece of paper, so try and, try and bring it back and put it in the empty one and then grab another one. Some of them are free. Some of them cost some. Don't read it and dismiss it just because it costs something. Or read it and dismiss it because it's too hard. Be creative. Maybe it's not going to happen exactly like it's written out. But, but be creative. Think about, think about this and pray about this because God wants us to serve. God wants us to serve people so that we can end up telling them about His love. And then we've got business cards back there. They're blank so that you can write on them. That as much as we can to be able to, 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 to write on a business card, not necessarily our name or anything, that just God loves you or you've been served because God loves you or something, something to write on here. Like, don't you want this to be anonymous? And Look, if we are showing the love of God, we need to show them where to find the love of God. Not just kind of be like, oh, that's interesting. Okay? This isn't just to be kind to people. It's to show them the love of God so that they can hear the love of God. So we're going to do more than preach about it and talk about it. We're going to give us opportunities to do it. And it's up to every one of us to be so sold, so sold out that we have weekly bowel movements for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I just pray, Lord, that you will punch us in the gut, literally, like, like not let us leave here the same. Like, please, 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 let us be, 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 be so enamored. Like, your Holy Spirit just speaks to us and says, there's such a harvest in your field that, man, we got to get to work. And man, it can't be business as usual. And it can't be bullhorns and PA systems and picket signs. It's got to be a, 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 a serve, love, unconditional love mentality. I pray, Lord, that you give us ideas. Utilize the, 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 the words on these pages that, to give ideas. But man, that we start hearing a, 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 a fire of people going, man, I, I did this, and man, this is what happened, and I did this, and this is what happened, and so-and-so's here because of, and so-and-so came into the kingdom because. May we be passionate, wrenched in the gut over people who are being lied to by the Father of life. To your name we pray, amen. To find your God-given kingdom purpose at Crosspoint Fellowship, go to cpf.me forward slash top 10.